Welcome to Sophia's Choice, the only Golden Girls podcast to model itself after a Grateful Dead concert. My name's Brent, and I'm kind of like one of Bob Weir's first set cowboy songs. I'm modern, yet old-timey, all at once. Mm. Joining, all at once. All at once, yep. Joining me this week is Ski. Hello, uh, friends. Hello. Think of him as the second set drum space. His contributions <laughs> to the experience are unique, and you're not going to hear him in any other show. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so, and, and joining us is Alan. You know, he's kind of like the encore. You know, he's a guaranteed crowd pleaser, and he ain't going to overstay his welcome. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, it's it's funny because you know, Brent, this is very topical in my <laughs> life because we just took my daughter to a Dead and Company concert because she's I a heard big that. Grateful Dead fan. Cool. That was the inspiration yeah, for all of this. Yeah, it was excellent. And and I had mentioned to Brent, I was like, yeah. It was a good concert, but there was this part in the middle of the second half where they did this drum solo, and the drum solo part was, this drum part was really cool until about halfway through that, Mickey Hart just starts playing all these weird, unpleasant <laughs> instruments for, for like way too long, and it caused more people to sit down than intermission did. <laughs> um, unpleasant instruments. Yeah. And so I guess that's. Did you that, expound on that? I mean, like got some, an iron beam <laughs> just yeah. banging on. And stuff. Yeah, you yeah. know, like that. And then like something that is kind of like a flat. It's a flat stringed instrument, mm-hmm. and he's like, you know, rubbing a, you know, it would be like a violin bow type mm-hmm. thing across it. Yeah. But it's not making like a pleasant sound. Yeah. It's like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> like, like chalkboard yeah. scratching type sort deal. Sort of. I mean, I'm sure there's somebody who was tripping out there that was uh-huh. enjoying it. And Brent told me that, that sometimes he just skips over that track yeah. on the various <laughs> yeah. uh, recordings. But yeah, it was, um, it was a good show overall yeah. for sure. Just that part, I was like, yeah, I could have done without that section. Yeah, you guys got a lot of deep cuts. Three bust outs. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but but still, like I said, Gwen really enjoyed it. I definitely think we would, you know, do it again for her when uh, cool. they come back around. Yeah. So, cool. And who knows? I mean, Dave Weir's not getting any younger, so there may not be that Bob. many more. Bob Weir, sorry. Yeah, Bob Weir's <laughs> not getting any younger, so. <laughs> Dave Weir's an accountant from Kansas City. <laughs> Died. <laughs> Well, I always get confused too with Barry Weir. Anyone who's alive isn't getting any younger. So that's true. (laughs) Okay, well, he's getting closer to the end than most. (laughs) Um, I'll say that much. Uh, In last week's episode, at some point, you said something like, "You know, um, it happened earlier," and I was like, "Most things do." (laughs) 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 Touche. I kept it to myself because you were in the. I wish you hadn't. That would have been good. (laughs) I'm glad you shared now. So, you know, if this is your first time joining us, let me run down the set list for you. Uh, the first set will be a recap of the episode, and the second set will be a discussion of our favorite lines and our MVP for the episode. The encore is going to be us awarding a number of slices of cheesecakes to the episode in hopes of determining which is the best. Like any good Grateful Dead show, we're going to improvise within that structure. Things will meander and maybe get a little weird, but you'll just have to trust <laughs> us that we're going somewhere worthwhile. <laughs> so without further ado, here's Alan in a strong opening number. Hopefully he's got a Bertha or a Jack Straw for us. <laughs> well, yeah, that's one thing I was asking. Uh, when I was like, oh, it's too bad. One thing that was missing is there was no uh, female to come out and do her uh, soulful wailing. <laughs> exactly. There's no Donna Jean at Dead right. Company. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway. Does she like Donna Jean? Yeah, I think so. Nice. Huh? Mm-hmm. nice. Um, well, I did have one quick uh, interaction to mention yeah. before I kick into the episode. I got two. Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay, do you want to do yours first or me first? Uh, I'll do mine first. Okay. Uh, you do yours because I've been talking for a while. Maybe from the same person because I know okay. you've been communicating with Jennifer yeah. some. Yeah. Uh, but she had sent a message, uh, Jennifer uh, Balbo, and she mm-hmm. said, uh, this was in reference to a recent episode, 
that the riveting sports talk is why she turns into golden tunes into golden mm-hmm. girls podcast. That's right, yeah, because yeah. um, we're so well informed. Yeah, she said it's like the lost episode when Dorothy boxed Ali, lost to the ages. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I said that when you have the level of sports expertise that we possess, <laughs> it would be a crime not to share what we have with our listeners. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> so. You know, that well, is... By, go by, ahead. I was going to say, by the time she, um, you know, hears that retort, she'll have had seven days to ponder all of her thoughts on uh, women's rugby. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Division two <laughs> women's <Right>. rugby. <laughs> now, it is funny because we don't, None of us really follow sports at this point. But once upon a time, you were almost encyclopedic of like basketball. Yeah, especially status. the NBA. Yeah, I mean, I could probably go six, seven players deep on every team, and then some I could go further than further down the roster than that. But that's that, just on the bus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember. Uh... I, I, I used to be very flexible as a youth. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I've never like. I think there are there are certainly people our age that are still like really really into mm-hmm. um, you know sports to that level. Yeah. Um, people who do fantasy sports and whatnot. Yeah. But I just I don't know at a certain point in time. I don't know how we have how people have time. Yeah. I, I don't either, just, but because that's that's the thing with me. I played fantasy football and fantasy basketball quite a bit, but mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you. Uh, I don't even hardly know the stars of the sports currently, much yeah. less uh, the you know the bench players. So. Yeah. Like, I still enjoy reading about baseball, mm-hmm. um, but just, like, in theory. Uh, but not the actual, like, you know, <laughs> last night's games or anything right. like that. <laughs> so, um, but I had two interactions, um, uh, both, I don't know, along the same lines, and one's an apology more than anything. Oh, okay. Um, so At about time one of them apologized to us. No, I'm apologizing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> should have known. I'm a, I'm a giver <laughs> when it comes to apologies. So on the Instagram... You know, like when a message pops up, I see it. But apparently, if there's something weird, like if you're not following each other or something, it goes into a special folder uh, for like requests, and you have to like hit accept in order for the message to actually pop up. Oh, uh, okay. And I didn't realize this, and I'm sure it's to keep you know perverts at bay or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyways, there was two things in that folder that I was unaware of. So, um, uh, Laura Shorts eight fifty had sent us something on June fourth. And I did not see it, um, and I didn't see it until June twenty first. Okay. So I, I was afraid that she thought I ghosted her, you know, right. uh, for three weeks or whatever. But basically, she said, you know, she loved, um, you know, Rue McClanahan and uh, Golden Girls and and Mama's family. Mm. And so three weeks later, you know, I gave that the heart, and I told her that, you know, Mama's family is a show that I consider recapping whenever we finish the Golden Girls, and I apologized for the delay. Um, yeah. Just because it was rude of me, and you know. I felt bad, so. Sure. And then the second person who had sent us something that went to that folder. Was she like, not forgiven? <laughs> she, she did not respond. Uh, and I'm afraid that she may have stopped listening or something. like. So I feel bad. Well, I hope she's still out there and yeah. she hears this heartfelt apology. Agreed. We love you. Yeah. So, And the other one that I received uh, was from... Um, Podcast Media Pro, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> sounds legit. And they were like, "Hey, just found your podcast. What's your favorite episode?" And I'm, th- <laughs> and I'm thinking about responding, "Season one, episode twenty, adult education." <laughs> and we'll see. Maybe a podcast media pro can offer us some tips on how to <laughs> how to how to, how to polish that turd. <laughs> Spread it to the masses. Exactly. <laughs> so, like, like, is that just a dick move to respond back to it? No, I don't that? think so. They're probably trying to sell you their services. Exactly. I think it's totally fine if you reply but, back. But it's going to send them down an hour of hell. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> hey, 
it, it's if they a, if they listen to us at all, they know that it's it's front and center at our attention. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna do it. So I'll go for you. it. All right. Um, <laughs> I've always been fond of season one, episode twenty. Adult education. <laughs> So everybody's seeing or hearing exactly how fast you are at typing with your thumbs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't do it when somebody's watching. All right. <laughs> well, I did get an email that I hadn't mentioned, but I'll go ahead and bring it up now because it's it's along the same lines as yeah. what you're talking about. Um, that I got, uh, and I've actually gotten this email three or maybe four times, uh-huh. and it says, "Hey, I'd like you to invite, or I'd like to invite you to our community, oh, yeah. female podcasters. Well, Ooh. for female <laughs> podcasters, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> you should totally join that. All right, <laughs> it is one hundred percent free. So. They're like, hey, you're not females. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did, I did send you that one too. I forgot about that. I deleted that. Mm-hmm. Um, the creeper guy. Oh yeah, who reached out to us. <laughs> grab that so we a few weeks back a week or so back whatever got a message um i'm not gonna read the guy's name in case he does happen to be legit or whatever but he sent a message and it also ended up in that request folder whatever he's like hello dear nice to meet you and I was like, I was like, what a polite young man. Sure. And so I responded, hello, one exclamation point. Thanks for listening, two exclamation points. And then he responds, okay, my dear. My dear, which country are you? Dear, send me your Gmail address. Let chat better on Hangout, okay? <laughs> and that's when I was like, hmm, this guy might not be on the up and up. <laughs> so I sent him a picture of my wedding ring. and <laughs> I didn't know where that was going. <laughs> I don't know what the picture you sent him would be. <laughs> so, yeah. so he didn't say what his waiting room was on. That's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 the old Prince Henry. Yeah. <laughs> or what's it called? I, I don't know. Prince Philip? I'm not sure. Are you referring to like a cock ring of some sort? <laughs> yeah, what's that thing called? I don't <laughs> 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 it's a thing is like named after like a, a monarch or something. I mean, whatever it is, I'm not sure. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't. I, I know you're saying as if it's the most common thing. I'm like, what's uh, that thing called again? Uh, a can? <laughs> but yeah, I have no idea. Um, you're looking this it up? Product you're referring to is. Yeah. And now Brent's sitting here looking it up. <laughs> a Prince Albert. Prince Albert, oh, okay. Yeah. Prince Albert is a piercing of the of the wiener, oh, in okay. which a metal ring is pierced through the skin at the tip of the penis. Ah, that sounds <laughs> and, horrible. And yeah. I'd, I'd like to thank uh, Metro.co.uk <laughs> for using a cucumber in their picture, oh. and not, <laughs> and not an actual wiener. <laughs> well, it's in your search history now. So <laughs> oh, I, I went incognito mode for that. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no like cookies to, being saved. They, they like to tell you that's what it is. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they watch true. all. The, I learned that the, the stuff hard way in, from HR. <laughs> <laughs> the stuff on incognito, that's the stuff they watch the closest. Right. Yeah, probably so. That's <laughs> <laughs> just basically telling them, this is what I don't want anyone else to know all about. Right. Well, you guys ready for me to jump into the episode now? Go for it. All right. Well, yeah. uh, season five, episode 24, All Bets Off. Mm-hmm. The original air date for this was uh, April 28th of 1990. Oh. 
It was written by Eugene B. Stein mm-hmm. and directed by Terry Hughes. I've heard of him. Yep, a couple times anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, the episode. Did he do the last one? Uh, yeah, I think he did. I, I'd have huh. to go back to the notes, <laughs> <laughs> but I believe you might be right. I didn't listen to that part. Uh, <laughs> I don't even think you gave that part. Now that I think about it, I may not have. Hmm. Well, now everybody'd be confused. Should no, I, you I'm, definitely told the title of it. So he did the title, but I don't think he gave the author. Yeah. Or the director. Should we go back and, and edit nah. that in? If someone's real, if if you listen to the last episode and Ski forgot to mention the writer and director, by all means, I encourage you to go find that information <laughs> on your own. I can tell you right now. <laughs> I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to edit it back into no, the episode. No, you need to teach them to fish. <laughs> March 31st, 1990. Okay. Written by Philip Jason Lasker and directed by Terry Hughes. Okay, that was the last episode, so. Sorry for my gross oversight, You folks. probably didn't forget it, but neither of us can remember. I think he's right. I think I did. Okay, well. I would remember you saying Philip Jason Lasker. Well, this episode starts off on the lanai with uh, Rose painting Sophia like one of her French girls. <laughs> uh, Sophia is punching up Dorothy's resume, similar to the way Dorothy punched up Muhammad Ali's face in the Mythical Lost episode. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Blanche comes in, excited that she has a date with the most cultured, urbane, sophisticated man in the world. Rose Buzz. assumes... What's that? Buzz? Well, she assumes that she's referring to uh, George Goober Lindsay, <laughs> which brings us to the, <laughs> <laughs> to the first of two deep dives for this episode. Uh, George, uh, George Smith Lindsay was an American actor and stand-up comedian, best known for his role as Goober Pyle on uh, the Andy Griffith Show, Mayberry RFD, and Hee Haw. Goober says, hey. (laughs) (laughs) He was born in Fairfield, Alabama, and raised by his grandparents in the small town of Jasper, attended Kemper Military (laughs) School in uh, Boonville, Missouri, and uh, Florence State Teachers College, Mm -hmm. uh, now the University of North Alabama, Mm -hmm. uh, where he majored in physical education and biology. Let's see. uh, After graduating from college, he enlisted in the Air Force, um, and after his discharge, he taught for a year at Hazel Green High School, uh, while waiting to be accepted to the uh, American Theater Wing in New York City. So doesn't it seem weird that there is a, a year worth of students that was taught by Goober? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, after graduating from the wing and performing in two Broadway plays, he moved to Los Angeles in 62 which, and got part... What's that? Which two plays? Uh, it was uh, Wonderful Town and All-American. Hmm. I haven't uh, heard of neither. Yeah, neither, neither had I, but... Uh, I assume one of them was written by Tennessee Williams. Uh, probably. <laughs> It's got to be a tie-in somewhere, right? Exactly. Uh, he got parts in TV series including Gunsmoke, The Rifleman, The Real McCoys, The Twilight Zone, Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, and The Alfred Hitchcock Hour, along with having to fess up with deep dive legend <laughs> Fess Parker on the uh, first episode of Daniel Boone. Um, he did all this before he got the role he would become famous for as Goober on The Andy Griffith Show. Uh, in 64, he was cast as the uh, slow-witted but kindly Goober Beasley on The Andy Griffith Show. But his uh, character was later renamed Goober Pyle to time to his cousin Gomer Pyle, a slow-witted country boy played by Jim Neighbors. Mm-hmm. Uh, Goober's antics frequently included his exaggerated Goober dance and his comically bad Cary Grant impression. I did look up his Cary Grant impression, <laughs> and it is funny. He's just like, Judy, Judy, Judy. Mayberry RFD, uh, after Griffin... Uh, left the television show, CBS uh, retooled it as Mayberry RFD, uh-huh. and he played the same character until uh-huh. CBS canceled that program. Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, Do you remember who, who started Mayberry RFD? I mean, I would assume that it would have been Barney Fife, um, but I don't know who. who. Yeah, I, he, I have no idea. Was, I think Don Knotts left before Andy Griffith. Oh, really? Yeah. Did he? Yeah. 
Um, so do you know who starred in Mayberry RFD? Ken Berry. Oh, okay. I don't even know who Ken Berry is off the top of my head. He was Vinton from Mama's Family. Oh, okay. Very nice. He was on F Troop before that. Um, well, then uh, he played Goober also on Hee Haw uh, for the third and last time um, as far as, uh, in, but he did, he was on that show for a total of 20 years, but I think he only had like seven appearances during yeah. that time. Um, and then he... Just enough to keep a SAG card. Exactly. And then in 97, uh, Lindsay played himself on an episode of News Radio. Mm-hmm. Mentioned that one, so yeah. that's a Brent favorite. Yeah. And he's also featured as a voice in three different Disney features, um, The Aristocrats, Robin Hood, and The Rescuers, mm-hmm. although I don't know offhand what his... The Aristocrats, Aristocats. Aristocats, sorry. Yeah. So did you say he was on 20 years? Well, he, he appeared in episodes on Hee Haw over the course of 20 years, but it was like seven episodes. I, I'm dumbfounded that Hee Haw was on for 20 years. Well, I mean, I think it was on for longer than that. He was mm-hmm. just on it during that time period. That's crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to look that up. I had no idea it was that long a running show. A couple of extra interesting things about him aside from that. Mm. Um, during an interview segment on TV Land's 40th anniversary Star Trek marathon, Leonard Nimoy stated that Gene Roddenberry's first choice to play Spock was George Lindsay. Mm. Uh, because of the flippant way that he made the comment, it's been suggested he was joking, mm-hmm. but the claim was uh, given some credibility when his close friend Ernest Borgnine, who Brent and I were just were yeah. talking about the other day, yeah. Uh, wrote in his biography, uh, autobiography, by uh, my hand to God, he turned down the part of Mr. Spock on TV Star Trek, the role that made Leonard Nimoy famous. Mm. Um, he raised, uh, Lindsay raised over a million dollars for Alabama Special Olympics through 17 years of the George Lindsay Celebrity Golf Weekend. Uh, he had another uh, 50000 for the Alabama Association of Retarded Citizens. And uh, participated as the head coach winter in winter games in the Minneapolis-Minnesota Special Olympics. Wow. Uh, he established and perpetuated the George Lindsay Academic Scholarship at the University of North Alabama in 92. Um, and the university gave him an honorary doctorate for that. And then in 95, he was a recipient of the Government Governor's Achievement Award um, for the uh, Alabama Music Hall of Fame. And the state of Alabama named the George Lindsay Highway in Jasper, Alabama after the actor. Uh, he was the 97 recipient for the Mini Pearl Lifetime Achievement Award and the 2007 recipient for the first Icon Award presented by the Nashville Association of Talent Directors. Mm-hmm. And finally, he uh, also wrote what I hope is Brent's next uh, 2022 reading list uh, <laughs> material, his autobiography, Goober in a Nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good title. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a small it's book. <laughs> Assumably. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Cooter. Um, never mind. <laughs> it just cut off. Just right there. <laughs> it's like you just wanted to say that word. <laughs> so, uh, I was conflating two things in my mind. <laughs> Cooter was on Dukes of Hazard, uh, okay. which is not the Andy Griffin show in any shape or form. Agreed. But my dad had a copy. They of both Cooter's do have. Uh, they both have uh, yeah, a lot ben of Jones, yeah. white country bumpkins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like well, if you're fans of, you know, Andy Griffith and Hee Haw, you probably also like the Dukes of Hazard, right? <laughs> so if you've read, if you've read Goober's book, you've probably read Cooter's book as well. <laughs> Do you have any idea what Cooter's book was named? Um, I think it was like, thank God I'm a country boy. Oh, you know, okay. the Ben Jones story or something like that. 
Well, uh, back to the episode. Uh, it turns out that Blanche is talking about a new guy from the museum, and Dorothy cautions Blanche against dating a co-worker. As she retorts that Dorothy's lusting after a track coach at the school, but Dorothy says she would never dream of going after him, to which Sophia adds, even if she did, he'd easily outrun her. Mm-hmm. Rose laughs at this like Brent at one of his own jokes. Uh, <laughs> Rose acknowledges that she might be high on pain thinner. Brent is just high on his own sense of self-satisfaction. <laughs> <laughs> as far as I've admitted. Right. <laughs> contrary, Maybe a little bit of paint thinner, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, contrary to my opening sentence, uh, Rose is actually trying to paint a horse, but can't remember what one looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blant suggests that Dorothy take Rose to the track, and we all witness the magical birth of an A story. Uh, <laughs> Rose doesn't want to go to the track alone because she says there's a bunch of lecherous guys out for a good time who think they can impress you by throwing their money around. Blanche chimes in, oh, damn, I wish I didn't have to go to work today. Uh, the scene ends with uh, Blanche advising against sex with a jockey because it's over too fast, and afterwards all they say, to, um, afterwards all they have to say to you is, good girl, good girl. Mm-hmm. So real quick, um, Ben Jones' autobiography was called Redneck Boy in the Promised Land. Ah, okay, very <laughs> nice. Now, I like to draw, mm-hmm. but if I just went to a track and watched a bunch of horses, assumedly rather decent distance away. Sure. There's no way I'd just go be able to go back and paint it accurately, I think, afterwards. It seems like your memory of what one looked like would be... Oh, yeah, four legs. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I just wouldn't think they'd be able to see one in I person. I was putting the head in the wrong place. <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe she was getting confused between a horse and a centaur. <laughs> <laughs> Proportions were all wrong. All, right. all wrong. I was thinking, like, couldn't she just go to a library and yeah. get a book of horses? <laughs> That's what I would think, too. But Seems like they forced the A, a story, though, don't, don't you think? A little bit. Um, like how can we possibly get them to the track? I know. Yeah, I mean, they had to put Dorothy in this position. I mean, we'll get to it a little, you know, very shortly, but they had to get her in this position where she was going up against one of her old demons, um, you know, the gambling addiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at this point, uh, going into scene two, now we're in the living room uh, okay. with Dorothy and Rose returning from the track. Okay. Rose can't decide which horse to paint. Old Silver, the horse, the horse who brought the news to St. Olaf that the British had no intention of coming, mm-hmm. uh, or former water commissioner, Old Brisker. <laughs> that was my second most favorite one. It was a good one, yeah. Um, Sophia's clearly upset that Dorothy went to the track and threatens to fart in her room if she doesn't come to the kitchen to talk. Uh, we find out that Dorothy had a gambling problem and even resorted to fixing Little League games. Uh, Sophia says that Dorothy inherited the problem from her father and that his last words were, Ten bucks says I don't need this oxygen tank, which I really like that particular yeah, line. FYI, I think that may have been my favorite line from just before, where she says, you know, uh, you were betting, like Sophia says to Dorothy, you were betting against your kid's Little League, right? Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, I had to. I knew there was star... Our star pitcher was out or something, right? Yeah. It's like, you were his teacher. You put him on detention. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was pretty solid. Um, the uh, the doorbell rings, and it's Blanche's gentleman caller, Donald. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donald looks at Rose's painting and says it uh, makes him think of Grandma Moses, which brings us <laughs> to our second deep dive of this episode, second and final. Uh, Grandma Moses, uh, Ann Mary Robertson Moses, uh, or Grandma Moses as she was known, was an American folk artist. She began painting in earnest at the age of 78 and is a prominent example of a newly successful art career at an advanced age. Uh, her works have been shown and sold worldwide, including in museums, and have been uh, merchandised uh, such, on, such as on greeting cards. 
uh, sugaring off, which is what Brent calls his private time, uh, <laughs> <laughs> was sold for a $1.2 million in 2006. Uh, she appeared on magazine covers, television, and in a biographical documentary. In person, Grandma Moses charmed uh, wherever she went. A tiny, lively woman with mischievous gray eyes and a quick wit. She could be sharp-tongued with a sycophant and stern with an errant grandchild. Mm. Sounded very uh, similar to one of our characters on this show. Yeah, I can see that. Very much a Sophia type. Mm. Um, in 1952, she published her autobiography, My Life Story. In it, she said, I look back on my life like a good day's work. It was done, It was done, and I feel satisfied with it. I was happy and contented. I knew nothing better and made the best out of what life offered. And life is what we make it. Always has been, always will be. Well, that was a really good, uh, yeah. really good quote. Yeah. Um, the character Daisy Granny Moses on <laughs> Beverly Hillbillies was named in homage to Grandma Moses, uh, although she did die shortly before the series began. Mm-hmm. And uh, Norman Rockwell and Grandma Moses were friends uh, who lived over the uh, Vermont New York State border from each other. Uh, she appears on the far left edge of the Norman Rockwell painting Christmas Homecoming, which was painted on the Saturday Evening's Post, uh, December twenty fifth, nineteen forty eight cover. Is that the one with the turkey? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you guys, oh, it's a very classic painting. Uh, perhaps, but I don't know if it's the one with the turkey or not. <laughs> it, it, it was one on a Christmas uh, Christmas Day thing, which turkey is is common, a common food on Christmas Day. But I think she was outside, okay. so it was the turkey alive in this picture no, you're remembering. No. Okay, it's the the one I think that's a Norman Rockwell or. Uh, I think it's a, a grandma's bringing a turkey to the table or a, a dad or something. Oh, okay. It, it may have actually been for Thanksgiving, actually. But yeah, I mean, that's that's what I would assume on a turkey one, but either way. Norman Rockwell did a lot of Christmas-type stuff, though, too. I feel like there's only one picture that you could have been like, oh, is it this one of Norman Rockwell? That I would have been like, yeah, like, isn't the one where the, the farmers, like, that's his most... Are you talking about uh, American Gothic? Yeah. That is not him. Oh, who is that? I cannot remember. Well, I don't know why I thought it was Norman Rockwell, but... It's not too far from his style. Okay. Well, either way, yeah, I had no idea. Um, but it was funny that you thought I would. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <Ed. laughs> no, no, it's all right. I've looked at a lot of his stuff. He's one of my favorite painters. Oh, very yeah. nice. He do The Last Supper? He did not. <laughs> I mean, he may have copied it at some point. <laughs> and he had a Last Supper at some point, because I'm pretty sure he's dead, but... <laughs> yeah. Well, Rosa replies that uh, she must have been pretty strong to do the work of a Clydesdale mm-hmm. uh, because the talk, the picture he's uh, comparing it to is one where a horse is pulling a plow. Mm-hmm. They're big horses. Yeah, they are. They're giant. Large feet. Uh, she uh, shows Donald her other season-related uh, paintings of St. Olaf. and you know he to say about large feet? What's that? Large horseshoes. <laughs> 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 Thank you for that bit of wisdom. <laughs> Uh, but Donald, we talk about turkey some more. <laughs> <laughs> and what paintings they appear in. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, Donald asks, uh, why haven't you painted the fall of St. Olaf? Uh, to which Rose replies, because that hasn't happened yet, although we came pretty close when new math came along. Mm-hmm. I thought that was so solid. Yeah, that's my third favorite line. Uh, through a convoluted series of associations, we get a funny callback when Rose reveals that her uh, uncle Gustav committed suicide after losing the water commissioner election to Old Brisker. And that was my first favorite line. <laughs> <Hilarious. ever. laughs> yeah, I mean, suicide jokes, you know, are uh, maybe not the greatest in a general sense, but I like that one. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. No, she's is not it, in that picture. She's loitering on the left, he said? No, he says this is probably not it. Yeah, no. Um, I, like I said, I believe the one that... Uh, 
was referred to. Ski showed us a picture of this Norman Rockwell painting that has a turkey in it. Mm. It gets parodied a lot. Oh, okay. that's, that's why I've probably seen it so many times. Um, but yeah, I don't believe that's the one. If you look for, if you look for the uh, Sunday Evenings Post, December twenty fifth, nineteen forty eight cover, that's the very last line on that page there. Then you may be able to find it. It's the one with the cigarette ad on the back. Yeah. Got to pay the bills. (laughs) (laughs) If only they had a Get Media Pro. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, once they hear that episode, they're going to want to take us on as a client, I'm sure. (laughs) Well, season three has us back in the living room, uh, this time at night, with Sophia catching Dorothy looking at a racing form. Blanche gets home from her date, angry that she has been humiliated and degraded, to which Sophia says, many times, you just figured it out now? <laughs> Apparently, uh, Blanche got naked for Donald, and he mm-hmm. told her to put her clothes on because he was taking her home. Uh, we get into scene four, which is just a, a brief scene of Dorothy rescheduling her job interview for vice principal because she's at the track. Mm-hmm. That is one little part I didn't touch on earlier, is that the resume that Sophia was helping her punch up at the beginning of the episode was because she's applying for a promotion at the school that she works right. at uh, to become the vice principal. She doesn't care about that anymore. Yeah, yeah, apparently not. At least from what we find out in our next uh, next scene. Sorry, I mean to jump ahead. No, no, by all means. Did you have anything before I jump in Act Two? American Gothic was painted by Grant Wood. Grant Wood, okay. Very I nice. didn't even know that name, so. Yeah. Yeah, but at least you didn't conflate it with the wrong painter, so I'm the one who is... Uh, Who's thinking of this one, right? Yep, that's the one. Mm-hmm. Did Grant Wood do The Last Supper? He, uh, <laughs> he may well have, yeah. I'll just go with that. <laughs> is that the one painting you know? <laughs> <laughs> I know Nighthawks. <laughs> Side note about The Last Supper. <laughs> okay, That was still like one of the harshest uh, burns. I didn't know it was a burn. It was just an intentional <laughs> slam at Brent. So that's the one painting you know? <laughs> I love you. I'm not trying to. I know. <laughs> but uh, I actually saw something today about. Can't be expected the... to enjoy all the meats in the cultural <laughs> stew. <laughs> He's too busy watching his sports. He doesn't have That's time true. for all those. Larry, Larry Bird specials, right? Yeah. That's <laughs> what I would watch. Yep. Exactly. You know painting. I know Goober said, hey. That's right. <laughs> Who's led the more fulfilling life? <laughs> <laughs> not even a, Not even the contest. <laughs> I named three Ken Berry titles. <laughs> just, I know just, things. Just your opening uh, like monologue showed that you have a more fulfilling life than me. <laughs> so, I'm sorry, you were saying something about... Oh, The Last Supper. Yeah, yeah. So apparently uh, it was like one of the only frescoes that Leonardo ever made, right? And you he ever had a fresco? <laughs> <laughs> Not that good. <laughs> fresco and fresca are different. One tastes like grapefruit in the oh, other. Well, one is O, so it's a male, and Fresca would be female. Ah, <laughs> uh, so Fresca, grapefruits. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently, since he wasn't familiar with them very much, he put it, he used poor uh, materials. Like uh-huh. the, the canvas was bad, the paints yeah, yeah. were not very good. Uh-huh. So it almost took no time at all for it to fade. Uh-huh. And uh, so I guess uh, the the painting that we see now uh-huh. is completely reestablished. Like yeah. It's, it's yeah, been yeah. over and over again uh-huh. where they've had to retouch it and such. 
I like the idea when you first said it because he didn't know them very well. I thought you meant like the apostles. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, sorry, Leonardo didn't right, know that, much about that type of painting. If he knew him better, he'd be sitting at the table. Right, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I mean, he was basically the wedding photographer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you guys just spread out, way, way out? And then, can we rearrange the table so it's a line? Yeah. Yeah, instead of being across from each other, he's like, no, no, this isn't going to work well. We'll be seeing the back of six of you apostles. Yeah, you so. guys just talk to each other on that side. <laughs> I don't know. It seems more natural for Jesus to be at the head of the table, but it's going to work out better in this painting. Trust, trust me, guys. I promise. I'm a professional. <laughs> yeah. This isn't my first painting. Well, my first fresco, but not my first painting overall. <laughs> it ain't my first last supper. Right. <laughs> first last supper. Well, we uh, get an act, too. <laughs> <laughs> It starts in the kitchen with uh, Rose struggling to paint Autumn and St. Olaf and Blanche deciding not to go to work. Uh, she notes that she has her uh, dignity and her pride, and Dorothy informs her that her copy of Slung Magazine arrived. I did search for that to see if it might be a real magazine. Uh -huh. It doesn't appear to be. Sounds like a Larry Flint publication. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it wasn't a brown paper bag type of a situation. Um, Sophia comes in livid with Dorothy for going to the track, and we find out that Dorothy missed her rescheduled job interview. She says she didn't want the job anyway, and that uh, she had the addiction 15 years ago, has learned a lot, and lived with the temptations. Dorothy storms out, and Rose comments that she's never even been to one of their concerts, and the scene ends. Mm -hmm. I did. I mean, it was very telegraphed. Like, I knew yeah. that was exactly what, what mm -hmm. Rose was going to joke, um, or what the joke that Rose was going to say was going to be. But I still enjoyed it, nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, we're now back in the lanai. Uh, Rose suggests to Blanche that uh, she should be more subtle in her attempts to woo Donald, noting that a subtle a subtle mating ritual makes the men of St. Olaf want to fuck a possum. Um, seems seems confusing and also disturbing. Yeah. And I went back and forth with like different, uh, more gentle ways to say that, and mm -hmm. just none of them sounded quite right to me. Uh, <laughs> you know, like I was thinking the beast with two backs or anything else, and I was like, no, it just doesn't work as well as just being direct <laughs> with what they want to do to that possum. And yeah, technically, it should be an possum. Because yeah. <laughs> didn't uh, Lance try to like correct her? Say, you mean males? No, no, men. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, because she says that it makes uh, makes the men of Saint Olaf go crazy. Um, but yeah, I thought that was a funny joke. But there's been a lot of references in the show to bestiality in Saint Olaf. <laughs> it seemed to be quite the problem there in that uh, community. Um, Sophia comes out and asks Blanche to uh, take her to the eye doctor saying she doesn't know any Dorothy. Uh, Rose reminds her that Dorothy is her daughter, and Sophia responds, I'm being dramatic, you moron. Uh, we cut to the kitchen with Dorothy placing a $100 bet while apparently already in the hole with her bookie. <laughs> so things are going downhill quickly in this uh, new gambling, uh, yeah, not, it's not new like, addiction. Like a yeah, day but, or two. Yeah, so. exactly. I mean, she, she, she's going, going back down to her addiction pretty fast. Do either of you two uh, have either of you two gambled much in your lives? And I don't. Neither of you two are addicted to it, but no. I don't think either of you are gambling <clears throat> men in general. No, no. I mean, I'll get lottery tickets every once in a while if sure. it's like if I happen to see if I'm at the gas station or something. It's like, oh, that's a big number, right? <laughs> I'm ironically wearing a Las Vegas shirt right now. Oh yeah, you I sure are. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there twice, but oh, three times actually. Um, but uh, not no, no three times have I really gambled much. Yeah, it's just never been my thing. I think in my life I probably have gambled less than five hundred dollars total. I mean, I've been to Vegas a couple times myself, and yeah. yeah, I would say that that the gambling that I did there was for entertainment, not because I had any mm -hmm. real. The the most fun I ever had gambling, if you want to even call it that, is uh, 
when uh, me and my wife went on our first trip together, we actually went with her parents to uh, Tunica, Mississippi, oh, okay. right? mm-hmm. which was a heck of a way to meet my, my parents, well, future parents. Right. <laughs> Did you gamble when you threw your keys in the bowl? That's right, yeah. <laughs> which one am I going to get? <laughs> <laughs> I love like this the vein in his neck is coming out. He is so happy. That <laughs> was And it was quick too. That was well done. That was very good. <laughs> I'm sorry, continue. How many, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So you guys are going to Branson. Mm-hmm. T- tunica. Tunica. Okay. Kind of similar. Gotcha. But uh I had never even heard of Tunica Mississippi before uh-huh. that, but uh, they have, it's kind of like a little casino town, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, we were staying there in a hotel that had a casino downstairs, and we went and played the penny <laughs> slots for probably 25, 35 minutes, mm-hmm. and we actually walked away with extra money. Nice. Uh, like, we only put in that, like, a few bucks, and we yeah, came yeah. back with, like, 20 bucks or something. Very at nice. The end. Decent, uh, decent way to spend a couple hours or whatever, half yeah, hour. Yeah, it, have, it may have been longer than that, actually, yeah. yeah. Like the um, it's like the first time I went to Vegas. I was I was old. Um, I was I was in my late thirties, I guess, the mm-hmm. first time. And I remember, so I got back, and there was I worked with an older lady who was you know big into gambling and different things like that. Um, she had more power to her or whatever. Sure. And so she was she was like, so how did you do? And I was like, oh, you know. I came back with, you know, more money than I left with, so that's always a plus. Heck yeah. And she's like, no, it's always great when you end up uh, covering your expenses while you're out there. Mm. And I was like, no, no, I didn't do that. I just came back with like $12 in winnings. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still in the hole for my hotel and airfare and everything like that. I'm just saying, you know, yeah. Yeah, your betting money did not go in the Exactly, (laughs) exactly. I know when the first time I went – Sherry and I went to for her twenty first birthday, mm-hmm. and yeah. so I was twenty one also. But you know, yeah. she's about nine months younger than I am, yeah. eight months younger, something like that. Yeah. And uh, we went out there, and she had for she did really well actually. She <laughs> and it was all slot machines, but she kept picking winners. Um, yeah. I, I think that we came out ahead several hundred dollars. Oh, wow. um, from yeah. now again, not to where we had like yeah, yeah. ahead above and beyond the cost of the trip, but yeah. ahead from what we brought to gamble. Yeah, with. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she had forgot her uh, like decent shoes. She had these like platformy type shoes or some or sandals or something. They just weren't good walking shoes. And you know, Vegas is very spread out like on the yeah. strip. I mean, mm-hmm. the casinos are enormous and yeah. it's a decent walk to get from one to the other a lot of times. Uh, and so her feet were hurting really bad and mm-hmm. it was our first time out there, so a lot of walking. Out yeah. There. And in our hotel, we were staying at the Luxor, which is all the way at one end of the strip mm-hmm. or at least it was, I don't yeah. know. There's they haven't moved it. Okay. Well, <laughs> I don't know if they've added more to the strip. <laughs> but, it built on a, on a people walker at the airport. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but they um, they had a gift shop there, and we ended up having to buy these shoes. It was the only shoes they had. And again, we're 21 years old. These are some denim, <laughs> denim shoes with tiny gold balls all over them. <laughs> How do you want to know what the price of that? They were like sixty bucks, which oh, I mean, that's not as bad as I thought. It's not that bad by today's standards, but this was also sixty bucks twenty, you know, yeah, two years ago, something yeah, for like young that. kids. And uh, yeah, and we were not. Like, we went there with like a strict gambling budget of like a couple hundred dollars or something. Um, but yeah, then we ended up finding out there was a mall um, attached to Caesars, uh-huh. and 
with a Nike outlet or something. Well, it had a, it had a Skechers store gotcha, there, yeah. and so Sherry got some Skechers and just threw those shoes away that were like oh, two <laughs> days old. <laughs> but yeah, they were definitely some old lady you didn't type keep shoes. The receipt? Uh, yes, not. I probably didn't have that much <laughs> foresight back then. Yeah. But anyways, I uh, pulled up the uh, picture you were talking about. Oh, okay. American Gothic. Oh, yeah. very nice. Well, not American Gothic, but this is the American. So this, this is, is the broad on the Moses. Mm-hmm, Yep, you're right. Oh, look at that. Nice. Black and white outfit. She does look like Granny from Beverly Hills. She definitely does, yeah. Irene Ryan was her name. I know things. <laughs> I know you do. As I said, you know more than me. By a sizable chunk. So, Ski, do you remember the first time that uh, you were ever in a casino? Or at least in a casino where you were allowed to gamble? Because I do. For both of us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was... Uh, Spring break. Yeah, it was. Um, trying, it was in Florida. I'm trying to remember the name. It was like Hollywood, California. Yeah, or I mean, Hollywood of Florida. Yeah. Mm. Um, I mean, I don't think the casino was in Hollywood proper. I think it was just outside, outside of it or something it. or on the way. But yeah, but we were barely 18, right? Yeah. Well, Lance wasn't 18. He went with us, and he just had to wait in the car. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that. <laughs> we like, we, went there. we didn't stay long. Maybe half an hour. Um, long enough to leave like 20 bucks each or something. Yeah. Woohoo! <laughs> It was like an old Indian casino, too, right? Mm-hmm. You guys remember the first time the three of us were in a casino together? Yeah. yeah that was uh, when we went to see a Kevin Smith show. Was up it in Detroit? Was it Milwaukee? Yeah. North. Yeah. Yeah. Was North, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that was a fun trip. Mm-hmm. That was nice. a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. We just did like the night, too, right? We didn't even stay there. Yeah, we just drove up We drove and back. up in the back. Yeah. Did we drive up and back in all one day? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I couldn't remember if we had stayed. Because Sherry was talking about, you know, different... Uh, called like flow arts but like hula hooping type um you know yeah is convention the right word festival so that's yeah, the right yeah. word and she was looking at one that's uh that goes on up in the mm-hmm. it, it goes on in wisconsin somewhere and i'm like well it depends because if you're going to milwaukee mm-hmm. that's a reasonable drive but mm-hmm. you could be going somewhere else in wisconsin double the distance far, from yeah. where we're well, at I think milwaukee was like eight hours or whatever yeah but i mean you could still that was still right on the border yeah. um so it borders Canada. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you got to think it's way high on parts of it. Because I think that was our big fear that he was going to talk till three in the morning again or something. And it yeah. would be like, you know, the following Tuesday before we got home. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun time, though. Mm-hmm. It was a fun trip. Yeah. Who was the fourth person? I th- Wasn't it just the three of us? I thought it was just the three of us, too. Yeah. I thought there was a fourth person. No, it was just the three of us. Okay. Kevin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was part of our group. He was George Lindsay. Yeah. <laughs> That was Jeff Parker. Picked up, yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, well, back to the episode. Um, it's a uh, nighttime now, and Sophia meets Blanche in the kitchen. Uh, Blanche asks Sophia if she's filled with anxiety, and Sophia says uh, she's up for the same reason as Blanche. She's old. Blanche says that she is not old, and Sophia replies, "Oh, forgive me. I'm supposed to support your vain narcissistic fantasy that you're still in your 40s." Mm-hmm. To which Blanche replies, "It's either that or a big rent raise." <laughs> <laughs> which I really like that That's one too. One. That might have been my favorite, actually, the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rose walks in, and Sophia goes into how uh, Dorothy hit rock bottom before um, and that she almost lost her house, and the only option was Sal's life insurance, to which Rose asks, uh, so you killed Sal? <laughs> <laughs> She's betting to take off the oxygen. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, Sophia explains that they uh, cashed in the policy and made Dorothy go to Gamblers Anonymous, mm-hmm. and this was, again, 15 years ago. The uh, second to last scene starts in the kitchen with Dorothy getting an aggressive call from her bookie and Rose ready to give up uh, on her painting. Dorothy asks Rose to loan her $250 and lies a couple times about what it's for. 
Uh, Rose puts on an act that she completely trusts Dorothy, even though she knows that she's lying, um, and agrees to lend her the money. Gives her a card and says to, you know, yeah, spend whatever. Take you as need. much as you need. Yeah. Um, Just pay back whenever. Dorothy ends up feeling bad and tells Rose that she needs help with her gambling problem. Uh, we finish off the episode learning that Dorothy went back to Gamblers Anonymous and that Donald rejected Blanche because he won't date co-workers. To resolve this conflict, he decided to quit his job, and now Blanche will hang upside down from a tree to win his affections. Mm-hmm. So, How long will that last? I don't know, but yeah, I think Rose is saying about another thing that possums do, and she's like, oh, yeah. and they also hang upside down from a tree, and she's it's like, like, I can do that. Yeah. That was like the last line, too, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. But at least he sacrificed his job for a character we'll never see again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when he sacrifices, she throws himself at him, and he's like, all right, I'll give up the job so that I can hit that. Um, but then she's like, well, now I'm going to play hard to get? Like, that's a, right. a shitty way to do things. <laughs> Professor Cooper all over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although, in this situation, uh, he was in the position of power, wasn't he? Because I think he yeah. was supposed to be like a curator yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. So you're saying that, uh, in your mind, you think Professor Cooper gave up teaching so that he could be with Blanche and then she ghosted him? <laughs> yeah, like it cost him tenure. <laughs> I don't think that Blanche was nearly as, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for, aggressive with her pursuit of Professor Cooper <laughs> as she was with Donald. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Therein <laughs> lies the dispute, Alan. Right. Exactly. It's another one of those he said, he said things. <laughs> <laughs> So um, we only had one guest actor in that episode, which was a nice change from that last one where we had so many. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh, Michael Ensign. Mm-hmm. He played Donald. 181 titles for him. Only uh, only Golden Girls, though. Uh, ten episodes of Boston Legal, a couple episodes of Friends. He was Benjamin Guggenheim on uh, the movie Titanic. And then he played in one episode of Star Trek Enterprise, one episode of Star Trek Voyager, one episode of Deep Space Nine, and one episode of The Next Generation. All, all different characters. Yeah, all different characters, <laughs> but he really ran the gamut. Um, if you were a Star Trek nut, nut, you'd be like, I've seen that guy. Right. That's not his character. And the one thing I did recognize, it's not frequent that I recognize they're kind of uh, smaller, lesser-known actors, mm-hmm. but I did recognize him as the uh, hotel manager from um, Ghostbusters. Oh. Apparently, he also played a news reporter in the uh, 1978 Superman. I think Superman. I actually remember <laughs> what character he was on Titanic. Oh, do you? Yeah, he was like a tuxedo or something, talking about mm-hmm. we're going down with the ship or something. Yeah, yeah, it could be. I'm sure. I mean, a lot of them went down with the ships. So. Well, I mean, he he stated it. Ah, we're okay. dressed like gentlemen and ready to go down with the ship or mm-hmm. something like that. You guys remember that line? I don't remember specifically, but I do wonder, did one of the Guggenheims go down with the ship? Yeah. I assume. Maybe it's historically accurate. I could mean, be. They put quite a bit of time into that. Mm-hmm. Have you guys seen the new Kingsman movie yet? No, yes. I haven't seen any of the Kingsman movies. They're all high. I mean, I think They're I own the first one mm-hmm. just because it came so highly recommended from you. Mm-hmm. That and John Wick are two recent series that I've never watched any yeah, of. I've these. not seen the John Wicks either. So. I rewatched uh, all five Jason Bourne movies. Oh, did you? I've not did seen they any, hold up any pretty of those. Well? Mm-hmm. They do. They do. I've not seen any You've not of seen those. any of those, really? No. Nope. Oh, that's surprising because mm-hmm. that was kind of more like that came out during the time when I was seeing more movies in mm-hmm. theaters. Yeah. Um, so nowadays, it's like. As far as new movies go, I pretty much see all the new, um, all the new superhero movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at least uh, sp- certainly the Marvel ones, <coughs> um, and then I'll end up seeing some of the other big tentpole movies as well. Mm-hmm. I still have yet to watch the uh, the Snyder cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet either. But I have seen the the original cut. Of I really it, do want to watch that though. It's really so. good. It's 
definitely checking out. And I did watch the Batman recently. Did you enjoy you it? it? Yeah, I, I, I did enjoy it. I wouldn't go as far as Brent. I, I would put it kind of middle of the pack of Batman <laughs> movies for me. And I would personally say that, uh, oh, what's the guy, Robert Pattinson <laughs> is my least favorite <clears throat> Batman. I'd take George Clooney over Robert Pattinson. Oh, you take, wow. You take That's... Val Kilmer? Oh, yeah. I, I, really? I, I really hated his <clears throat> version of it. Now, granted, it's, you, I had every expectation of what I should expect to get, and I got exactly what I expected of yeah. <laughs> just a, a broody, pissy Batman. Um, oh. And I didn't care. <laughs> I thought the movie was cool. I liked the storyline. I thought the villains were good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the Batmobile was an excellent Batmobile. Yeah, I just didn't like. There was no billionaire playboy inside of that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he was yeah. just too angry at the Who's world. Who's your favorite Batman? You've probably told me before, but I mean, if I'm being honest, I'd probably go with Christian Bale. But I could definitely. Well, no, no, Adam West, easily Adam West. But um, as far as the ones that took a more serious take on it, I'd okay. probably say Christian Bale. But I could also definitely go with Michael Keaton. Um, those two are, are I think close I'm the exact same way. So, um, it depends. Probably if, if I was saying my favorite Batman movie outside of Batman 66 is Dark Knight. Um, and so that I, I would definitely a, put uh, um, the new one above uh, Kilmer and Clooney, though. Oh, sure. I think it's a better movie than those, for sure. Like, I think it's better than that. I think it's better than the Val mm-hmm. Kilmer one. Um, I think it's better than the uh, Justice League or uh, Batman vs. Superman. It's As a movie, it's a solid movie. I just didn't like his portrayal of Batman. Gotcha. So that's okay. all. Go ahead. I will say that um, this is the um, like the first Batman movie that we've had mm-hmm. in which I'm actually age-appropriate uh, to have killed Bruce Wayne's parents. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's always a lot of uh, there's always a lot of uh, what's the word I'm looking for um, ambiguity mm-hmm. as far as who killed his parents. Like yeah. it kind of goes back and forth depending yeah. on what you're watching. But so I did the math. I would have been like 23 when they got it. Uh, so <laughs> could have been a punk kid that took it. You know? Exactly. Well within the realm of possibility. <laughs> well, you can always aspire. Yeah. <laughs> well, shoot. When did uh, Batman Begins come out? That was I would have been at least right around 30, and you're right about my age. No, but I mean, but Batman's parents would have been killed like 20 years before that. Yeah, oh, so I got gotcha. so you. I got gotcha. you. Gotcha. Yeah, I think that the order I went, as far as ones that came before Batman, uh, the Batman for me, would have been Batman 66, then Dark Knight, then uh, Batman 89, mm-hmm. and then uh, Batman Begins. Those two might have I might have had flip flopped, yeah. and then I think maybe even the second Batman movie, um, you know, yeah. the one with the Penguin in it, yeah. and then then I think it was the Batman, Batman Returns. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, like I said, I would I would certainly recommend anybody to see it. It's a long movie, but it's solid. Mm-hmm. I just didn't care for mm-hmm. for him as Batman. Right, so the you know there's the big car chase with the penguin or whatever, mm-hmm. and then he catches it, and sort of goes to black. Don't yeah. you think that would have been a great part to just sort of throw in an intermission? Yeah, well, it's funny because I was. I, I was watching it because you had said that you thought there was a part where it kind of went black for a second. That would have been a good intermission spot. There's also a part where he is coming into a church and it goes uh, black for a second, and yeah. that would have also been another yeah. one, you know, to throw in an intermission. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brent's been advocating for the idea of intermissions during long movies. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad idea. No, it really isn't. Well, People are so spoiled now, especially like at home, they can just stop everything. Mm-hmm. At theater, you can't. 
So the modern bladder is coddled. Say what? <laughs> the modern bladder is coddled. Well, that's true, but it used to be a thing. I mean, it used to yeah, have intermissions quite often. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's not your grandpa's we, bladder anymore. Exactly. It's a time when we could all Let's all go, go to the lobby. lobby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I only remember uh, Brent, Brent getting up during the movie <laughs> once. It was to see Spider-Man 3, I believe. And uh, uh-huh. he goes out, and I, I don't remember if he told me during the movie or after the movie. The, the one with Venom? Like, yeah, um, and he, he left for a few minutes, then he comes back in. And I feel like I might have even been there with my kids that movie. I can't remember for sure, but uh, there may have been more than just Brent with me for it. Sherry was there. Oh, Sherry, okay. Yeah, um, I, I thought it was someone just else. the three of us. Yeah, I guess at the time, yeah, the kids would have either been really young or not even born, they now that I think yet. about it. Yeah, that was a while back. But yeah, he was like, yeah, I threw up. <laughs> And he, he was, <laughs> and another movie was letting out when he was trying to make his Total way to the Grace bathroom. Grace wasn't that bad. I mean, <laughs> well, another movie was letting out when he Close, was trying baby. to yeah. work his way to the bathroom, and so he couldn't make it to the bathroom, just vomited on the wall. Oh, no. <laughs> and then all came back it. to the theater. <laughs> and I get back in the theater, and my eyes are all watery, and I'm just covered in sweat. And that was just, I, mean, I forget what we had eaten before the movie, but it all came out. That sucks. Yeah. yeah. Well, that no, was like sucks. years and years ago, but I'm sorry you went through that. Yeah, no. Um, it would have been uh, uh, 2006-ish. That sounds about right. Um, I mean, Gwen was born in 2007, so it would yeah. have been a little before that. So oh, yeah. Yeah. perfect timing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And I started working at Nelnut, I think, in 2004, so that would have mm-hmm. been around the time. Yeah. Like, you and I became friends pretty quickly after I started there. Yeah. So... Anyways, well, Ski, uh, or I, don't know, I guess if Brent, if you want to do yeah. the honors of asking questions. Yeah, um, so uh, I think we all commented on our favorite line. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have an MVP, Ski? I think uh, I gave it to Rose because mm-hmm. she uh, took up a new talent, mm-hmm. and she was kind of the like guiding light at the end for mm-hmm. uh, Dorothy trying yeah. to help her out. Agree. Yeah. Altruism yeah. at its finest. I do think that, um, I don't know. It's one of those things that, like Dorothy's addiction sort of mirrored Rose's addiction from earlier in the uh-huh. season. Yeah. It seemed like Rose had to have a lot explained to her about how addiction works, yeah. <laughs> you know, especially for somebody who suffers from it and is a grief counselor. Right. <laughs> so, but I went with Rose also. Same same reasons as Ski. Um, I mean, I thought that she, yeah, had the best overall lines. Um, you know, in general, yeah. and yeah, I did. I just liked her character arc, but I totally, I hadn't thought about that aspect that you mentioned that, yeah, she should have been a lot more in tune with the way yeah. addiction works. Yeah. Um, so, um, I'm, I'm going with uh, Dorothy's bookie. Okay. Dorothy's <laughs> bookie. Yeah. Um, you know the name? I know. I just know that I owe him some money and I'm hoping he'll knock a little off the VIG. <laughs> <laughs> you have to tell him, what's the VIG? I forget what that means. I think it's the principal. Okay. Okay. Or the interest. It's one or the other. Okay. I think it's, it's the it's, principal. It's the money that you owe. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's the principal balance. Okay. All right. So we did best line. We did uh, MVP. Now it's time for slices of cheesecake. How many would you give it, Alan? I thought it was a, not a great episode overall. It just really was not very believable to mm-hmm. me. So I only gave it three. Um, yeah. Dorothy has too good of a head on her shoulders to go in for that. Yeah. Like, I get it when it's, it comes yeah, to men, you know, because mm-hmm. she craves the D, but not. <laughs> <laughs> it's either counter, yeah. counterintuitive to her character. Yeah. yeah. I, I gave him the exact same score. Yeah. So three's all around. Yeah. yeah. Um, real quick, I guess I will go ahead and change my. No, I'm not changing it. I'm keeping it with Dorothy's <laughs> book. Okay. But I will say 
Blanche had a line where, you know, about dating a jockey. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, he'd be like, good girl, and slap her thigh. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> you know, I got a kick out of that. So maybe just the that, jockey. Just that delivery <laughs> by Rue McClanahan. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really, really good. Yeah, well, and that, that line, too, about uh, she'd have another good line about the uh, if you want a steep uh, increase in rent, like if yeah, Sophia yeah. doesn't uh, yeah. go along with her delivery. That was also yeah. a very good delivery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess without further ado, I'll let Alan give us the closing. Oh, all right. Well, I don't know. I don't really know what to say here. You know, I'm not so used to being in this position while not hosting the episode per se. Stay golden, Coco. Oh, oh, there you go. There it is. He's never done it before. I don't think oh, he has either. Busted this cocoa cherry. <laughs> <laughs> cocoa cherry. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at sophiaschoicepc. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.